Build Tank, a podcast on how to make you successful. It is so good to be back. We took a couple days off celebrating the 4th of July, the only day you will find liberals celebrating civilians, citizens with guns. It's an amazing thing. I don't even think they realize how contrary to their beliefs of what they're celebrating. I don't know, but it's amazing. I had a great 4th of July. I hope you guys had a great 4th of July as well. Always good to be able to take that weekend, that Friday off to make it a four-day weekend. It's like a little bonus on those Thursday holidays. Hope you're able to do that as well. I'm so excited to be back. It feels good to get back here and just to talk about things. When I don't record, when I don't have a podcast for a day, I always feel like I have to speak to somebody about these topics. Uh, and I need to vent it out. So glad to be back to do that. We are part of the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Go over to HTBT in the memo field. Put in that in, no, I totally said that backwards. See, I'm already rusty. You go to fightlaughfeast.com, put in HTBT in the memo field, and you'll get a mug just like this where you can put your cold brew coffee that we will soon have, and I can't wait to show you the official cold brew coffee of how to build a tent. It's gonna be great. Cold brew coffee, it's not just like coffee iced. I don't know if you know, but cold brew is like a process where it is brewed without heat, without hot water. And it takes a lot longer, but it's so much more powerful. I made a mistake once where I ordered a venti at Starbucks cold brew thinking, oh, it's just like a normal coffee, but just like different flavor or whatever. Man, I was wired and I was on like a four hour road trip and it was, I just, was like shaking the whole time. I probably people saw me swerving thinking I was uh, drinking, but I wasn't. I was just like had the jitters from my coffee. But anyways, go to fightlaughfeast.com, put in HTBT in the memo field, and you'll get one of these great mugs. And a big shout out to those in Australia. We've had a few members that have subscribed from Australia and then just want to say thank you very much. If you are listening anywhere in the world, You'll get a mug too. I don't know how long it takes to get around the world, but I will send it and hopefully it'll get there. And I really appreciate all of you guys who are supporting the show and supporting our network. If you have any questions, comments, you want to reach out to me, you can find me at Matt at howtobuildatent.com. You can you can email me. That's where you email me. You can find me on social media sites, how to build a tent, or you can also click just on the links below. And even if you have an account you don't use, I would really appreciate if you could just give it a clink, give it a clink, give it a click on the link and give me a follow there. It just helps, um, you know, boost the profile, help with the algorithms, get the show out there. Special shout out to all the Florida business groups I joined in um, Facebook. I am looking forward to starting a bunch of different businesses in Florida, one of which is gonna be something I swear I never do, but I think I'm gonna do it as a catering company. Now, I'm not gonna actually be the one cooking or anything, but there is, I think, a great opportunity for a specific niche catering business, so I've been working on that the last couple of days, getting some business partners and just kind of planting seeds to get them to go and push out the product, and hopefully it'll be just another side hustle, another way to bring in money. We had an incredible job report, which was fantastic, but what did the markets do? They freak out because we have this weird addiction drug problem where we're addicted to the Federal Reserve's you know, drug of choice, whatever it is, the quantitative easing. And so whenever good news happens, the markets usually tank, which is a sad thing for us to be in. It's still a sign that the markets aren't cr- acting appropriately correctly and obviously it's because the fed has so much on their balance sheet 
that it's just going to be a weird situation for a long time. So again, I think that just proves that we're in uncharted waters and we don't know exactly how things are going to play out, even if the economy slows down. Now, the economy is probably slowing down, but it's not in a recession. It's not in a contraction. So I don't think, um, no, you have to worry and but I think that it's going to actually be very interesting for our portfolios that if the economy does start slowing down, we're going to start seeing the Federal Reserve lower rates again, and which is going to cause our investments to go up and cause try to get inflation up. Because apparently, even though our economy is doing really well, inflation is still low. And some of you might be like, you're crazy. Inflation is not low. Look how expensive college is. Look how expensive all of these things are. Blah, 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 blah. I think if you, I've shown this chart before and I won't show it again, but you can look at old shows or you can just look on the internet. The difference between in the products that have increased in price versus the products that have actually gone down in price, like TVs, for example. And the big difference, the reason there's the products that are going like astronomically higher, like three, 400 percent, and the, and the other costs that are going down, the products that are going down, it's where there is government intervention, prices are skyrocketing. Healthcare, your education, and all these different areas. Somehow the government is involved in subsidizing it. But on the things like TVs, you know, all those kinds of things, the government's not really involved in. They're not subsidizing them and prices are going down because competition is alive and well and there's tons of competition. There's ton of innovation. There's tons of uh, investment dollars being put in to these products and it's driving prices down the way the market should be. So it's a very interesting dichotomy of uh, the market acting healthy in a very healthy way, competition driving prices down while increasing quality in a very unhealthy way at the same time where quality is at best staying the same but prices are astronomically getting higher. But anyway, so it's just interesting, again, to still to see the stock market when there's good news, everyone is really scared that the Federal Reserve isn't going to raise rates, or I mean, sorry, lower rates the way that the market has priced in, which I'm not still convinced of why the market has been pricing in the Federal Reserve rate cuts, because to me, it seems like they really, um, have been against it, but we'll see. Uh, the Powell is going to be testifying to the House of Representatives and the Senate. So we will see what he says there. And uh, the markets are probably going to be a little wish-washy waiting for that buildup. I think the futures I checked are actually up. So maybe they everyone is still thinking that the um, the Federal Reserve is going to start talking in ways of cut, cutting rates to be competitive with other countries um, cutting rates. It remains to be seen. I think inflation is going to be a very interesting enigma for us for a very long time because it was such a problem and now it's not a problem. And I believe it's mainly from globalization, not anything that we've done right or wrong in our country. And it'll be interesting to see how much we can get away with, with lowering rates artificially to try to increase inflation and maybe it just never increases. I mean, we don't know. Again, I think we're in such uncharted waters. I mean, globalization and the technology to be able to communicate, work with people around the world, to be able to trade and quickly, logistically, make it, to have it all make sense, has only been something in the last 40 years. And that is relatively young. That is not a long period of time to test things, especially when there's so many different factors to consider. 
It's not a perfect test environment where you can change one element and leave a test group and then have, or whatever the two groups are, I forgot what they're called. Uh, and then just see like if that one difference makes it makes a change or not. So very interesting times we live in. It's gonna be, I hope the Federal Reserve doesn't do anything too drastic. Um, I hope that they definitely don't raise rates. I think that'd be a terrible, terrible idea. So the Costco saga is alive and well again. It has arisen and, and very interesting. And Costco, they're great. I love Costco. Again, I still buy stuff from Costco. I just bought a whole bunch of more stuff from there. And they called me after the desk got returned and it got processed through their system, which awesome. Thank you guys. Costco, that is really a good move by your part. You came, you called and you said you made this exception, like, okay, whatever. And you accommodated my request because I'm a good customer. And then you process the order and we're done. So, but then what I did is like, hey, oh, and by the way, since we're on this topic, and again, I'm thinking from a consultant perspective now, I'm so curious about the processes, procedures, and how customer service is handled from an e-commerce perspective with Costco. In the warehouse, no complaints whatsoever. In fact, I just bought a TV a week ago, one of the new Samsungs, and it dropped in price like by a hundred, couple hundred bucks. And I was like, hey, can I get my money back for the price drop? And they're like, yeah, you have 30 days. If the price drops, we'll give you your money back. Like, that's awesome. That's a great policy by Costco. Uh, I'm a big fan, as you guys know. And I know a lot of you are, like, loving this story. So hopefully this revive story uh, is interesting, intriguing, but also is helpful. And this story really illustrates why it's important to understand business, even if you're not in the business world. For, so for, for those of you who've reached out to me and said, hey, I didn't think I'd love the show. I'm not even really starting my own business. I'm not, I don't care about business or whatever. This is gonna be one of the reasons why you should care and know about business at least, even if you're not gonna start your own business, even if you're not gonna start side hustles, which you should, and things like that. So they called me and I asked them, hey, hey what happens to my bed set? I ordered that thing, let's see, May 26th. And they say that it's gonna get, you know, I think it was three to four, three to five weeks. So that was ordered in May. Now it's July. It's July 7th. When I'm recording this, it's coming out July 8th. And they said it's not even going to be ready for to schedule delivery for another two weeks. Now, that's not incredibly a long time. Now, usually people that order bed sets have a current bed set and they're replacing it. I don't have one, but it's okay. I can get by with just a bed and the, the box bring on the floor. And I, so I started really like kind of just being very nice, being nice all the time. No matter if you're firm and you're not going to be a pushover, if you're going to be insistent, you can still be nice about it. And there's a good balance of that. Now, you never want to attack an individual. You don't want to be angry. You don't want to lead with emotions, but you can be firm. You can be forceful and you can be very upfront about your situation. And I was saying, and I told them, I'm like, wow, it's going to be even another two weeks, that's very disappointing. It's very sad for me to have to deal with another issue with you guys because, you know, this is, this is ridiculous. It's been so long. And this lady was fantastic. She gave great customer service. And for the most part, a lot of them have been. It's again, my issue has been when they have to like stay within the bounds that they are given of their policy and procedures. But she did make one mistake. And this is where it is going to be important or 
should be revealing and evident to you that why you should know business, you should talk, know about negotiation, things like this. Because even me not as being a business person, I would have had this issue. And having a business mindset has really helped. I said, so hey, um, I'm going through it. Like, I can't believe this is happening again. This is really an inconvenience. I don't have my dressers. I don't have my whole bed set, my Cal King bed set, which if you don't have a Cal King, wonderful, especially if you have kids. Not that they sleep with us, but that we sleep train our kid. But it's just when they're hanging out and whatever, it's just, it's really, it's nice, a wide bed. <clears throat> like I said, it's really inconvenience. I can't believe that this is another order that I'm having a problem with. And she said this, well, I will make a note of it in your account. And when it's been delivered, we will talk about compensation. Now, I don't know what exactly that means yet because I never knew that Costco had a policy. <laughs> Again, we're going back to policy now where you could be compensated if there have been issues with your orders. And that was her mistake. She told a customer that's been having issues with Costco that there was a compensation trigger for issues. And why is that a mistake? Because you're showing your hand and we are now in a negotiation. And the business sense of that, to understand that mistake and to realize what she did is she gave away a bargaining chip. Now, why is that important? Well, now I'm gonna wait for my bed set, which is gonna be another two or three weeks. And I'm gonna be waiting for that phone call they're gonna give me. Before, if she would have said, yeah, we'll follow up with you and make sure that you're happy, we'll make sure you're taken care of, and we'll see if there's anything else we can do. She could have said something very abstract, ambiguous like that. And I would have been happy with that. I would have been happy that they were being attentive, they were following up with me, and who, know, and, you know, who knows if they would do a good job of that follow-up. But now I know that in their policy and procedures, and it's in their deck of cards to make me happy by compensating me for this delay in the order. And now I'm going to demand it and I'm going to try to get as much as I can because I know it's in the policy and why not? I want the best price. And this is where this is becoming more than just a customer service issue. We have now entered a negotiation. And the second big mistake is she told somebody who has a podcast for tens of thousands of people are going to be listening to this who also shop at Costco that now know that if you have issues with your delivery, compensation is in their policy. She said it, she brought it up. I didn't bring it up. I didn't ask for anything. And that is why you should listen to the show. One, you'll find out things like Costco will give you compensation on, or at least they have it in their deck of cards to do to make you happy. And two, that you need to be aware of these situations and understand it from a business perspective so that you can take advantage and leverage these things. If you're not good at negotiation, if you don't have experience with these kinds of confrontations, conflicts, whatever you wanna call them, then you're gonna probably just let that slip by or maybe not know how to leverage that and not know how the company thinks and operates to leverage that to the best of your ability. So we have another saga alive with Costco. I'm so excited because this is just a great story. I hope I have a problem with some customer, or I mean some store 
in some way for like the end time because we can have these like series of how to build a tense customer edition or something like that. The other thing we bought a big sofa, like a big sofa. I think it was like the biggest sofa in uh, Ashley Furniture. And I went in there and I wasn't quite sure. And of course I'm naive to this, I admit it. I wasn't quite sure if when you go to a store like Ashley Furniture, that how much wiggle room that they have when you're buying furniture. But me loving negotiation, just loving the game of it. We were going, we went for 4th of July and there was like a 15% off sale for this furniture. And then we got an additional 10% off on top of that 15% off. So we had 25% off of the original price, which should perk up your ears. If you're looking for furniture and you're going to somewhere like Ashley's, no, that the real price is not the real price, even at a store like Ashley's. Now I always knew that there was like wiggle room with like the, you know, the one pop, the pop mom and pop shops or whatever, but this is like, you know, like Ashley furniture, that's their own furniture, right? I think they make their own furniture. Anyways, it's like a, it's a corporate kind of thing. Ashley's are all over the place. It's not just like one building is what I mean. I think, I think actually, I don't think the couch we bought was Ashley. So they sell other things, but that's good to know as well that those kinds of stores also have some wiggle room for you to negotiate with as well. So that was another fun, entertaining thing for me. Ashley was great, not Ashley herself, but the company was great and just had a great experience all around. Hopefully the stuff will get delivered in a timely manner and uh, we'll have no issues with that or we may have another series to talk about on how to build a tent. The next thing I wanted to talk about was the problems that China is having. They've been having a lot of problems in the private sector, quote unquote, <laughs> their economy. Now I say private sector, quote unquote, because anyone who has a, like the super successful business is super connected to the communist party. Like, if you are one of the top hundred, maybe even thousand richest people in the China, it's because you're communist, you have communist ties and they are, you know, propping up people that are going to prop up them. That's the communist way. One of them, the 37th richest is in custody right now in China for uh, child molestation. And there's several other companies that have just money disappear or money they said that was on the balance sheet, like 4.4, I had it over here, it's, I can't even pronounce the names, but a pharmaceutical company said that they had $4.4 billion in cash and it turns out they didn't have it in their company. It was on their books. They, they cooked the books to show that they had $4.4 billion on their sheets and they didn't have it after all. And then there was another example of another composite mineral company where they lost like the equivalent of $1.8 billion. And we're starting to see this pattern being revealed in China of these private companies that are being fraudulent. And you're like, surprise, surprise, Matt, even you've been talking about how they've been frauding us, stealing our stuff, but even their reporting is not accurate. And I bring this up for two things. One is for us to really appreciate what we have in America, that we have a stable government that is well, I can't even say moderately not corrupt anymore, but at least we have a standard, a rule of law that is far surpasses a lot of other countries where we can bank on companies having to report accurately. And if they don't, they are going to get nailed, especially thanks to Sox, the Sarbanes-Oxley, uh, which is interesting because the whole Trump-Russia investigation, the Mueller, 
Mueller, Mueller, and Mueller. And his whole team were uh, in charge of prosecuting in some way or another the Enron case, which I don't know if you know this, but all of those people got off because of how poorly they were prosecuted. And for like because it was the mistrials or whatever it was, the, most of the people from Enron got away and they didn't go to jail for it. But anyways, because of that, we have Sarbanes-Oxley and all these reporting laws that really give us a st st stable system. Well, I kind of stuttered there. St 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 stable system to rely on to invest in companies. We don't have to worry about uh, investing in companies with fake numbers, or at least it's a small worry compared to emerging markets. And I want you to be number two, one, so one, be appreciative of the systems that we have. And then two, be very careful when investing in portfolios or individual companies in emerging markets because there's these kinds of risks where they don't exist in the United States, at least to the degree that you'll find in another country. So it's not just you're investing in emerging markets where they're poorer countries and for whatever reason they're not like America, they're kind of different, they're more risky, but they're more risky for a number of reasons. And one of them is the stability that the governments provide. And you need to know that if you're thinking about going into emerging market investments. Well, it's been great to be back. I'm so glad uh, that you guys are here. I appreciate all of you who are sharing the show, listening, emailing, all that stuff. I really appreciate it. Now let's go out and be successful. Talk to you.